turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. I like to talk, sometimes stream of thought, sometimes top 10 lists, hints, tips, and tricks to get your retirement. And this is just, it's just a constant reminder. It's a second pounding of the information. It's, it's getting you it into your brain. It, it's trying to get it second nature. If you have not taken a look at your social security benefits, you can go to ssa.gov. I highly recommend it. On occasion, like every five years, they send you out a statement and they show you the craziest thing, your whole work history. Mine has a mistake in it. I have to fix mine. Part of your work history goes to your social security benefits that you get when you retire. But it also shows things like what happens if I have a stroke and I can't work for the next 10 years. What does that look like? What happens if I take it at age 70 or if my weight and my spouse takes it? It's like there's just scenarios you can start to run. Take a look, ssa.gov. But also when it comes to social security, social security is the you're retired thought in your head, right? How about we never retire? I had a conversation with a financial planner this week and she mentioned wanting to become a barista when she retires from financial planning. And I'm like, okay, I got it. I kind of want to be an Amazon driver. I don't want to do packages. I kind of just want to drive around neighborhoods. Now, again, if I can get the low stress version of that, media makes it sound like it's no fun. Media makes it sound like it's stressful, but I don't have to retire hundred percent. Now, again, I have enough wealth to, but if I do, and I don't do something part-time, I'm just going to sit around and get fat and get old and die. And that's one of the reasons I want to consider a new field as well. And maybe it doesn't have to be completely. Maybe I could start giving more speeches to high schools and, and uh, churches and maybe colleges. Start writing letters to the business school and say, hey, I'm a 40-year vet in the stock market. Do you want me to come talk to your business students? And a lot of people are like, hell yeah. Because they don't get access to people like me for free. And I want to do it for free. But I, I need a reason to get out of the house and put on pants. The moment you see me in um, sweatpants 24-7 or a tracksuit, as I like to call them, you know that I'm, I'm done. I'm finished. I'm not coming back. Some other things to start thinking about when it comes to retiring. Start thinking about consolidating your assets in your 50s, if not sooner. You may have had reasons to have several uh, accounts, several ETFs, several mutual funds. I have too many accounts right now. I have a... And an Acorns account that is great, but I don't really monitor it with my e-money. E-money looks all my accounts. And at the end of business every day, it tells me how much I'm worth. But it doesn't really work yet with Acorns. Or, you know, you may have been in a situation where you work for four or five companies, you accumulate four or five, four or 1Ks, and you just, you never did it. You never changed it. You were in love. You had kids. Something kept you working and stopped you from consolidating 
I like reviewing my asset allocation at least twice a year, stocks, bonds, and real estate. There hasn't really been a compelling reason to own stock uh, bonds in the last 20 years as interest rates went lower, thus causing yields to be lower, thus causing us to look for other areas to get better returns. And we went with stocks, most of us. But I will review my asset allocation. I will promise to kind of thing. As you get older and head towards retirement, start getting ready for difficult conversations. I've seen too many families in the last 52 weeks lose one parent or both parents, and it become a stress in the family about, you know, dad didn't want this. I know a really wealthy family that like the great, great, great grandfather made money selling like snake oil that ultimately became like Pfizer. Like his company got acquired by Pfizer through the whole hundred year history kind of thing. And the grandmother who had the grandson, which was her father, basically said, okay, this is it. The, the wealth generation ends with us and the trust will go to charities. And they're, they're pretty good charities. I looked at the charities um, and the charity will be professionally managed, but the ability to earn income off of it ends with the grandchildren. And one of the two grandchildren, i.e. my friend's brother, is in a fit over this. He is in a fit <clears throat> that his kid, who do, he doesn't have a kid, and he's, I, I think he's probably sterile just from drinking so much. Um, he wants the money for himself. He wants a ranch. He wants something. He's all angry that you know the government's going to get involved and the charities are going to get involved. And it's not going to be his decision anymore. Well, it's never been his decision. It was his father's decision not to let him have a decision. So get ready for difficult conversations. Do you have enough money? Do you have enough money to retire in a best case scenario, worst case scenario? Do you have health care? I wish we had had the discussion with my father while he was alive. Like if you die before her, he thought she was going to die before him because she was overweight. But if you die before her, what should we do about nursing care for her when she gets to the point of pooping her pants and falling downstairs, which is exactly where she got to. And the kids had to decide for her for the first time ever, not his wishes, ours what's in mom's best interest you own a business and you're 50 you really need to start thinking about a succession plan i never ever never ever wanted the idea of my children to do what i do i had a business ultimately sold it i didn't set up the perfect runway to retire at 62 but i also thought this would be a good time to cash in and start moving towards a more integrated solution for the clients that had more modules, i.e. things that would help them. So I sold my financial planning interest um, to a company that could do a better job than me. And it gives me a succession plan out. It was nice. Um, In retirement, I could do a lot of small jobs. I want to keep my involvement with my neighbors for the people that need like dog sitting or dog walking or, you know, <clears throat> can you pick up my kid after school? Can you be a crossing guard? I want to do those kind of small jobs as well as maybe be an Amazon driver. Now, again, don't get too caught up in the Amazon driver thing because I might be embellishing that a bit. One big thought is as soon as my puppy 0110110 passes, I want to do a whole month long vacation with my kids. Because in 10 years from now, I'm going to be too, not too old. I'm just going to be a little bit grumpier. And I'm going to be a grumpy old man. 
I vow, and I will put my hand on a stack of Bibles, I will never, ever, ever go on a cruise until I'm officially old and retired. And then I'm going to play shuffleboard on the Lido deck because I always wanted to figure out where the hell the Lido deck was. I know where the poop deck is. I'll be here all day. Don't forget to dip your waiters and waitresses. The veal's delicious if you like baby succulent cow. Um, You know, one thing I want to do in retirement is once my kids get through high school and maybe college and maybe have a family, I want a vacation with them once or twice so that their spouses can get to know what their, their parents were like. Um, I'm lucky. I got to know my spouse's parents. She's unlucky. My mom was in ill health when she met me and my dad was already dead for 15 years. Um, in retirement, one thing that I'm going to consider is pets and babies. I know you're saying babies. Um, in the first few years, <clears throat> I wouldn't mind being like one of those, those families who take children whose parents murder each other or die in a car crash, foster parents. Um, the system needs us, and I, I wouldn't mind giving back in, on that level. Kids need love, right? Um, in retirement, as you head towards retirement, more and more health. Every day now, I go for two 30-minute walks at least. Not hitting the gym, I'm going to do something. I'd like to hit the gym, still not there yet, but I am building up some health with long, proactive, fast walks, brushing my teeth, eating better, eating smaller, drinking less, sleeping more, relaxing, meditating. You get the idea. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing in more, hence tips and tricks to get you into and through retirement. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing more, hints, tips, tricks, things that you should start thinking about the art of living um, and retirement. I can do a top 10 list, a top 100 list. I can give you a retirement checklist, a social security checklist. Some days I will do that. Right now, what I'm trying to do is ramble and just kind of go through 100 things roughly that you need to prepare yourself for. And, you know, going through 100 things will take two shows. And I just want you to be patient with yourself and learn, 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 and maybe go, oh, I didn't think about that. For instance, um, I think flossing is more important than brushing your teeth. And I know you're saying you're not a dentist. Well, my dentist said, I think flossing is more important than brushing your teeth. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. Good. I see where you're going, Rob. Because your tongue's going to get most of it. And if you haven't developed cavities by 60, you probably have some pretty good enamel. Because it's the stuff in between that you don't get at, that you come in here and we, we pick at for you. I'm like, okay. And I don't think he was giving me hardcore advice, but he's like, dentures are dentures suck, Rob. And implants are really expensive. So a good thing for your retirement plan is try not to cut into big expenses on stupid stuff. And I almost said a dirty word. <laughs> try to, you know, no, I won't. It rhymes with, no, I won't. <laughs> Just take good care of your body. Let's go back to it's a temple or something like that, okay? Because your days are numbered. And uh, my mom had dentures at the end of her life, and it stinks. It's embarrassing. It's, it scares the children and the grandchildren. It, it's not something we're used to seeing mom in that condition. Um, as I've turned 50 and I've moved towards 60, I'm now starting to strongly consider who do I donate to and why. And let me just give you a quick example. Let's say there's a war in Ukraine. I'm like, yeah, 
I'm more about giving money to poor people in Latin America who can't get across the city to go to their job as a maid cleaning someone else's house due to COVID issues. I'm more about that than the popular. And again, I'm not knocking refugees. I think it's horrible. I'm not talking about the children and the dogs in, in, in Europe. I think it's horrible. But what moves me is what's not seen and what's not funded. And there's a lot of donations, a lot of charities that work in those levels. Also, I had another interesting conversation with a friend of mine from TV, um, Henry. Um, Henry Tenenbaum. His wife is a deacon. I know this is like a weird thing. I was talking with Henry once and he goes, he goes yeah, we're getting ready to get a Ethiopia or Somalia or somewhere. I don't remember the location, but it was Africa. I think it was Ethiopia. And he goes, the government's so corrupt there. If you give money to like the Red Cross, they go through the government and it, it, it gets blown. He goes, churches though, we can get on the ground and build houses. Churches though, we can help dig wells. So this whole church group, you know, 60, 70 people are going over to like rebuild a village. And I'm like, okay. So he goes, we actually can get stuff done without the government corruption. So I'm starting to think more about my donating options. As I'm turning 50, I got an invite from a friend who's like, hey, do you want to go to a gun club, a rod and gun club and uh, watch the NCAA finals? He goes, you're new to Marin. Me and my buddies do it. And we haven't done it during COVID, but we're going to get together and be men. And they actually call it the men of Marin, mom, which I find ironic and funny. And I am so wanting to do it because my whole career, I've been working for you. I've been helping other people and I haven't stopped and like done the buddy thing. Now, I don't own a gun and I cry when I catch a fish. Like, I don't like the whole process of, of that. If I had to kill my own food, uh-uh, not going to happen. I'm eating nuts and berries for the rest of my life. But the, and he goes, Oh, I don't know a gun or a fish either. I'm like, I'm in. You're my kind of guy who goes to a gun club, but don't own a gun. And for those who do own guns, I don't judge first amendment rights or constitutional rights. I think are critically important. I don't know if you should own an automatic rifle, but that's not for me to decide. I'll let others who get paid more money do that. Um, I like the, the retirees who read. I like the retirees who do puzzles. I like the retirees who do everything they can to keep their mind active. So in retirement, I'm going to help my elderly neighbors. I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to help, you know, meals on wheels and things like that. Um, if I can continue doing a craft, I would love that in retirement. <laughs> Just building things with my hand. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It could be like, you know, boards that you put up to keep you know rats out of your garage it can be things like that i just you kind of want to be able to get in the garage you kind of want to be able to check air pressure just anything with your hands it's not like oh i'm gonna go to the library um good time to read books everything i've ever learned i've learned a book um i totally believe that to be true i learned the power of love the power of hate the power of revenge Everything I've ever learned, I've learned in a book. And I'm lucky for that, I believe, because a lot of people aren't voracious readers. I'll go through two 300-page books a week um, that covers everything. The only thing I don't like is historical fiction. Man, I do not like historical fiction. And business books, they don't get to me anymore. I, I like the simple business books. I don't like the, you know, the algorithms of success. 
that's not me. Um, one thing that I saw my mom do was when my father passed away, she got into watching too much TV. If you see yourself doing that, or you see your parents doing that, try to get them up and about. Because when you sit and watch TV, you're suddenly talking to Maury Povich. You go, Maury, I think that's the daddy. My mom would talk to the Home Shopping Network people. Um, she would pick up the phone and call them because her children went off and had lives. Child arrived just the other day, came in, dwelled in the usual way, but there were bills to pay and lanes to catch. Yeah, we, we turned into the cats in the cradle on her. We laughed and she got lonely. So she would call the home shopping now. Like she goes, I think that's a beautiful necklace. Like, have you ever been that embarrassed? My mom bought papal pens. I know you're saying papal pens. Now keep in mind, we were raised, I was raised Catholic till about age seven. And then my dad just basically lost his way with it and burned out after 25 years. I, I was a late kid, right? My mom bought papal pens and I don't still don't understand why she wanted to give them to my sister and her children as like collectibles. And when you buy it on the Home Shopping Network, it has no value. It's junk, right? And that's my assumption. Again, I'm, I'm critical of everything. Um, but they took her three easy payments of $39.99 as the Pope is coming to America and we must commemorate it. And I'm like, that should be criminal. But my mom got on air and like, I love it. And they're like, do you like the Pope? And she goes, I love the Pope. My mom had a couple strokes and that, that's the best thing. Like that was her like entertainment. Uh, you don't want to limit, you want to limit television. You don't want to sit in front of it and turn into a watching Moy, watching Ellen, watching shopping network. You don't want to watch that. You don't want to go into that, but you also don't want to gain a lot of weight. And that's why getting out and about for a walk two, two times for 30 minutes a day. Good idea. While you're alive, start giving stuff away. Don't wait till you're dead and your kids fight over it. I think that's a really important one. If I can hit that one a couple of times, I would. I got my mom's frying pan. It's fantastic. Cast iron. Love it. I use it at least twice a week. Um, we'll talk about these ideas and much, much more. I'm Rob Black going over hints, tips, and tricks, things to get you to retirement. I'm trying to incorporate my life into some simple analysis. Listen to both podcasts. You'll learn a lot. If you learn one thing, it, it was well worth the time. This is part two of a two-part series. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. There's a funny age that you need to know. When you're 70 and a half, you got to start withdrawing from least the minimum from your tax deferred accounts. That's what sucks. There is a little bit of math in retirement. And guess what happens when you start hitting 50, 60, 70, 80? Your cognitive abilities decline. Now, again, I know 80 is a new 70, and I get that. Um, and I know the Queen of England's still alive for now, or is she? I've got a theory. She's in a mausoleum and comes out at night. I'm not a big fan of the Queen, just so you know. I don't think we need that anymore. And talk about uh, a representation of like uh, exploitation. Holy mackerel. Um, 
in retirement, make sure you take care of yourself because you're starting to take care of other people. My father-in-law, you know, goes out of his way to help people uh, maintain their yard and he's 80 plus and it keeps him young. But it's also, he needs to stay out of the sun and he needs, you know, more water. Like take care of yourself in retirement too. Start um, looking ways for ways to economize. I think that's really, really important. Um, I probably live a little bit too large at times. Like there's little laundry pods, you know, there's those things. Um, and they're made, they got some plastic that melts the water and those are expensive. I still use powdered laundry detergent. You know why? Because it's cheaper. I fill up my washer halfway. I let the soap dissolve. I put the clothes in. I let it fill up the rest of the way. That's how cheap I am. I know I talked about a couple of weeks ago on air. I don't do any drying between three o'clock and nine o'clock. All my drying is done at night. Any, if I could cook dinner at nine o'clock, I would. Because two things that I use that anything that heats up is expensive. Just so you know, TVs not are, are not expensive to operate unless you have a TV from the 1960s. But anything that heats up or cold, you know, air conditioning, things like your lamps in your house, they're not bad. It's the washer. It's the dryer. It's not even the washer. It's the dryer. So anyway, every year I pull my refrigerators out. I have a mini bar refrigerator and I have a refrigerator refrigerator. And I clean the coils on the back because keeping them efficient saves me money. And keeping the coils clean saves me money or creates efficiency. Uh, watch out for financial predators. Maybe you could put a sign outside your house that, uh, you know, no, no predators allowed, no financial predators. I'll shoot upon sight. People will willing to knock on your door and take money from you. Um, hey, there's a new law that we have to, your mailbox has to be painted. Oh, there is. I didn't hear that. Um, I'll paint your, uh, your, or your roof needs to be done. We have a special, you see the neighbor over there. We're doing her roof right now. We can do your roof for $200. But it's a four thousand dollar job. You're like, I'll do it for two hundred. You will get scammed in retirement. I almost guarantee it. Um, if you have a partner in retirement, just be really aware that they're going to age differently than you do, and it's not going to be pretty. One of the two of you is not going to age like you thought you were. My father in law, my mother in law, she is me. She she has outbursts. He doesn't. She has outbursts at him because. You know, I don't know. It's the way she's aged. Just realize it's going to be a different relationship. And I've had to like take my kids away from the table. I'm like, I say to the mother-in-law, like, I don't like you yelling at my kids about, you know, pay attention to me and not to your phone. Like, you're allowed to say that, but you're not allowed to yell. And yes, I'll make sure they don't have phones at the dinner next time. But I'm not going to, if you die today, I don't want their last memory being of you yelling at them. People don't all age the way we want them to. Um, here's something that's kind of important. Know how much you're worth in retirement. Keep an eyeball on it. I'm not saying you're going to lose it or something's going to steal from you, but sometimes there's things that you forget, like, oh, that roof was really expensive. Oh, I need a big house or a, big, a new car because my old car blew up. I don't know. I think I've bought my most expensive car ever, and I think from here on, it's just going to be cutting down and, and more Ubers and more automated driving solutions. Know the difference between income and cash flow. Uh, income is the assets that you have in retirement that, that pay dividends, typically. 
because you're typically no longer working. Although if you can work, I highly recommend doing it because it keeps money coming in and it keeps you social. If you don't know what else you're going to do, get a part-time job. I had a client that I was shopping at Best Buy one day and I came across him and he was petrified that I saw him doing, he was a, a tech a computer engineer. And then he, I see him at Best Buy and he's like, uh, I'm, I'm just doing this for the Christmas time. I'm like, I don't care, dude. I think it's awesome. I said, you're learning like, what, what's the best TV? Show me the coolest thing in the store. Um, he kept income coming in. I like that. Um, he could watch spending money, spending money, spending money, spending money, dwindling those assets down that create income. Not a good idea. Keep in mind, you get income from working from age 20 to 60. You get income from your investments. And that could have been an investment in your career where you get a pension. It could be an investment in stocks where you're getting dividends from 60 to 100. I like low cost index funds. I was going through emails last night, pounding them out because I'm going to go on vacation in a couple of weeks. And you might hear the show again then. Um, I can't believe how many people want to own stocks and who have no knowledge. I'm like, if you're not going to commit four hours a day to watching stocks, buy low cost index funds or low cost exchange traded funds, and then go out and do what you're going to do. But if you're not going to babysit this stuff, I don't think you can just you know buy and walk away. That's why I work with a financial planner on a large part of my portfolio. Um, think about how you're going to declare your pension, if you're going to get a survivor's benefit from it or not. Taking the survivor's benefit where they get part of your pension after you die, it could be the right thing for your family. I, I don't have a safe deposit box. I don't know anyone who does. But if you have one, tell your family about it. You don't want to die with something in there and they don't know where the key is. Um, start thinking about the life insurance policies that you had and can you give them up? I had a father, grandfather-in-law who died in his nineties and he still had an insurance life insurance policy and his kids were 60 years old and his grandkids were 30 years old. No one needed the money. It's okay to let some things go. Drive a safe car in retirement because if you get in an accident, it's going to take longer to heal. And well, drive a safe car that goes really slow at retirement. That's my advice. I'm Rob Black. Hints, tips, and tricks to get you to retirement. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Adam Phillips, CFA, CFP, Director of Portfolio Strategy with EP Wealth. We do this weekly update. Last week, things felt a little bit worse. By the end of the week on Friday, things felt a little bit better. Stocks fought back. The NASDAQ down 11.1% for a year after touching a correction of 20% bear market. S&P 500 down 6.3%, recovering half of its losses for the year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 4.3%. The 10-year Treasury sits at 2.1%, which is kind of a story under the story on Wall Street this year. And oil back above 100 at $104, up 45% for the year. The big cause of inflation in our minds. Um, Adam, where do we start? Do we start with a big snapback rally last week? I think that's a great place to start. And, uh, you know, we, we were talking earlier, Rob, about really what, what this says and, and, and how it just provides further evidence that you don't want to try to time these things. And because we can always see these snapback rallies 
and and they usually don't give you much of a signal beforehand. It, it just happens, and I think it really speaks to maintaining your discipline if you're a long-term investor. It's a, it's amazing. You mentioned the S and P 500 down about six percent now for the year. Let's take a step back and and realize that the S and P 500 and now a, a couple of the other foreign indices as well. They've now recovered all of their losses uh, from over the last month uh, since, uh, and they're now back to where they were trading before Russia invaded Ukraine uh, back in late February. So really amazing. And, and, and so, yeah, we, we got off in a little bit of a rocky foot earlier in the year before all of this uh, conflict happened. Um, so now we're, we're trading closer to those levels. I, I think now what we're wondering is, is this um, a, a bear market rally is this kind of a head fake, and and so I, I think that's what we're looking under the surface, looking at different um, uh, leadership uh, within the S and P five hundred, and trying to determine where we go from here. But I think that just broadly speaking, we're we're certainly happy to see this rebound. Uh, we we do still maintain a favorable outlook for equities, and and yeah, I I think it's just a great reminder that even when things look really, really bad out there. You want to, you don't want to give into that temptation, give into the herd mentality and sell. You want to just take a step back, focus on your long-term strategy. For the record, I think snapback rally sounds a lot better than dead cat bounce. I think dead cat bounce is something we have to retire from the 2000s and move into the 21st century. Let's talk about what happened last week. One of the big events was the Federal Reserve had their meeting and out of the meeting came a lot of commentary. What did you see in the commentary? It was it was uh, pretty amazing. I mean, we we knew that that March this March FOMC meeting was a live meeting, meaning that the Federal Reserve was was in all likelihood they were going to raise rates. I, I think the question was, were they going to raise by twenty five basis points or fifty basis points? Fifty basis points would have been a big move. It would have been the first time we had seen a move of that size since back in two thousand. And so I, I think most of us settled in at, at expecting a twenty five basis point rate hike. That is what we saw. But it's really it, it, the, the comments that came out of it in uh, in Chairman Powell's uh, press conference following the FOMC meeting on Wednesday, as well as the summary of economic projections that the policymakers provided afterwards, that really gave us a, a, a whole lot of information about what to expect going forward. So, for instance, what we learned was that the the FOMC, if you just look at the participants, where they expect rates, policy rates to go from here. The Fed is expecting, uh, if you look at median uh, forecast, that the Fed is expecting six additional rate hikes uh, throughout 2022. That means that every single meeting from here on out, every single policy meeting is a live meeting. They also see uh, a few rate hikes uh, into 2023. And, and so we are now in, uh, in, in certainly what appears to be a rising rate environment if we're looking at policy rates. It tells us that the Fed certainly acknowledges inflation is an issue. It's going to be here longer than, than they had hoped and they had expected. I think what, they, what happens is they find themselves now where they're trying to chase down inflation. And so what this means for us, and, and I think what a lot of investors were left grappling with afterwards was trying to say, okay, it's good that the Fed is now, they understand the problem. They're, they're trying to get control of this narrative. And certainly this was a hawkish message, hawkish tone coming out of this meeting. And it tells you that it's definitely on their minds. They want to get control of the situation. Now, can they actually do that without slamming on the brakes too hard and stalling the economy? Because history suggests they can go a step too far. And so I think that's really the question mark from here on out. Um, but if you look at, at their, I mentioned the summary of economic projections, they do expect uh, GDP to come in weaker than they had expected a few months ago. So, uh, so for, for, the, 
for the full year, they expect GDP to be about 2.8%. Um, when the survey was last done in December, they expected 2022 economic growth to be about 4%. They expect inflation to come in higher than they expected a few months ago. Uh, and, and so, but you, you look at all those, those don't sound too great, but at the same time, they expect the unemployment rate to hover around this three and a half percent level, meaning that they don't think that inflation, uh, excuse me, that that um, labor markets are going to feel the pressure from this short-term economic stress. I think some investors are kind of looking at that and, and they think that that's a little bit contradictory. How can you have a slowing economy and inflationary pressures without seeing an impact on the jobs market? So I think that's one thing that they were left having to explain and, and that I think just needs to play out. But for the most part, I, I think that uh, that the market responded well to to this uh, to this FOMC meeting. There, there weren't a, a ton of surprises, just that we got a little bit more information about what the the, the Fed expects going forward. My memory of the Federal Reserve isn't the greatest. I don't remember Paul Volcker. I was alive, but Volcker led to Greenspan. Greenspan led to Bernanke. Bernanke led to Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen led to Jerome uh, Powell. It seems like this is the first time in an interest rate environment that the Fed has given themselves almost like 15 months. It's a long runway. I'm interpreting that as they could accelerate. They could take their foot off the brake a little bit or off the gas a little bit. They could stomp on the brake if they need to. Is there some flexibility to this plan? Because CNBC and Bloomberg reacted with, you know, it's all horrible or this is perfect. I want to hear your interpretation of the long runway. Sure. So, so here's my take. You know, you you look. You mentioned some of the the past uh, Fed chairs, and mm-hmm. and so you know, start with Alan Greenspan. Um, yep. I, I think he's he's one that that really earned this reputation for uh, Greenspeak. What with, with what came to be known as Greenspeak, where he always wanted to leave. He didn't want to give uh, show all of his cards. He wanted to kind of keep the markets guessing, and uh, he's got some great quotes out there. So I encourage anyone that's, uh, you know, that's interested to go and, and do a Google search on some of his best, uh, best quotes, because he was great. He's got, a, you know, as many good ones as Yogi Berra. Um, but uh, the, w- what we saw happen right around the time of, uh, of Ben Bernanke, and it's, and it's continued up until now, is that Fed chairs, they, they do think that they, they have a responsibility to be transparent with the market. They don't want to surprise them or keep them guessing. And so I think that's what we've, what we've seen continue with Jerome Powell. And in and, uh, and, and this latest meeting on Wednesday, it seemed as if the Fed, they, they were trying to meet the market where market expectations were and avoid a surprise. And by doing that, yeah, they, they show full uh, seven full rate hikes in in 22, uh, 2022, uh, some additional rate hikes in 2023. They did provide themselves with some flexibility knowing that things can change. They can get worse, right, on, on the inflation end, that they might have to be even more aggressive. And, and to that, uh, Chairman Powell said, we, we can, you know, every meeting is a live meeting, but every meeting is a live meeting for also a 50 basis point hike as well, meaning they, they don't, so at some point, a 25 basis point uh, rate increase might not do it. And so he, he did say that this is, this is where they, they, what they think is appropriate policy now, but things can change. At the same time, we might see this, uh, these inflationary pressures abate if there's a short-term resolution uh, or there's a, there's a resolution um, in, the, in the near term between Russia and Ukraine and, and supply chains get back online a little bit sooner. And we can kind of get back to that economic growth trajectory that we were hoping for uh, earlier in the year. 
And so if that is the case, then they've, sure, they, they've penciled in seven rate hikes in 2022, but they can always change that. And to them, it's really more about setting market expectations and setting consumer expectations, because we know that these things can be self-fulfilling. And so if inflation, uh, if consumers are worried about inflation, that in turn can actually cause inflation um, because it just breeds more demand uh, in the short term, right? And so just leading to more and more demand in what is already a constrained supply environment, and that leads to price pressures. So it is them really trying to manage uh, this environment. And, and so, yeah, absolutely, to your, to your point, a long-winded answer, but absolutely, this is a great way of taking control of the narrative right now, but of allowing themselves the flexibility uh, here uh, for the remainder of the year. Adam Phillips, CFA, CFP, Director of Portfolio Strategy with EP Wealth. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show.